0: Well, good evening and welcome again, thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Matt, um, for those of you who don't know me, and uh, I'm looking forward to our time together this evening. I get to uh, kind of wrap up this series that uh, Jim started teaching a couple weeks ago called Bold Prayers, uh, Bold Prayers, and so we're continuing to look at, at bold prayers tonight and some things that that means for us. Um, some of the things tonight are gonna be a little bit of some recap and, and repeat, but I'm, I'm hoping that some of the things this evening are helpful um, for us together as we continue to think about what it means to grow in this area of our life. The, the idea of prayer is something that, that uh, it's, a, it's an essential part of the life of a follower of Jesus, um, but it's not something that just like you flip a switch and you're, you're great at it overnight. Like it's, it's not something that just takes place when you decide to become a Christian that all of a sudden you, you are great at, at praying and interacting with God. It's something uh, that's much different. It's something that in many ways is, is kind of like a, a lifelong progression or, or a lifelong process to continue working on it and working at it. Um, it we all kind of start from not being good at praying, and, and we work on it, and we work on it, and we grow. And the idea, hopefully, is that that's something that never ends. And so, so one of the reasons why that's encouraging tonight is that wherever you're at tonight, wh- whatever you, kind of your story has been, wherever you're coming here. Um, having experienced so far in your life, there's some of you in here that you you may be um, at this end of the spectrum and, and say like I'm not good at praying in fact there there may even be people in here that would say like I don't even know if I ever can remember a time that I actually have prayed like i don't I don't know if that's ever been a thing I've done and that's okay. you can start there tonight and i'm I'm hopeful that some of the things that that we talk about are gonna be able to apply to you because these these are um, truths and principles and and things that drive us further along the journey and the progression in, in growing in our prayer life. And so if you're someone who's who's further along and maybe further down on the spectrum over here where it's like, I've been a Christian for a long time. You've been a Christian for a long time. You say like, I, I have 60 years of following Jesus and working on my prayer life, and it's something that, that's a dynamic part of my relationship with God on a daily basis, that's, that's great. I think some of the things tonight are, apply to you as well and can continue to move you forward as you are trying to, to become more bold in your prayers. Uh, the title for this week is Scripturally Bold Prayers, um, and you can track with stuff on the message notes that was inside the bulletin when you came in if you want. Um, but, but I, I, am, I am encouraged that this is not something that you, I, I don't believe that, that to be an effective or bold person of prayer, that it's, that it's like something you have or you don't have. It's not quite like that. I think it's something that all of us can, can grow to become better at, that we can move closer to the place that God has in mind for us to be but we all have to start somewhere um, I'm a dad and I have four kids I've got um, our oldest is seven and our youngest one is two and um, I enjoy being a dad a lot I have a lot of fun with our kids but one of the things that we try to do with our kids is we from the time that they're little we, we try to start teaching and training them in, in some practices of faith and and faith is a big part of uh, our family life together, and so things like prayer is something that we've tried to teach our kids from the time that they can even begin to put words together and start to speak. We, we always kind of start with like, when they first can barely talk, uh, we're kind of starting to, we, like we feed them the lines and have them just kind of repeat it after us, and that's kind of like how things start, and when you're all the way at this end of the spectrum, sometimes you need someone to kind of help you know like, even some words to say because you may not even know where to begin. And so we, we do that with our kids. And then then it progresses a little bit. Um, our, I remember a time with our uh, our second um, our second child, who's a daughter, uh, when she was about two, she was starting to talk and she was she was getting good at the like repeat after me prayers and we got to a point where we so we kind of turned it over to her and said like, OK, it's up to you now to to come up with the words that you're going to pray. So what do you want to pray about? And so uh, here's a a short little video clip of one of the first times that she was coming up with her own prayer. Go ahead. Mm. So just in case you don't speak two-year-old, I will translate slightly for you. She said in that prayer, dear, dear Jesus, thank you for this taco day. Dear Jesus, thank you for this salad day. Dear Jesus, amen. And I thought, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Like, it, like and, and really, there's lots of days that I'm thankful for taco day as well. Like, That's, that's, that's part of my prayer whole life as well, so she at least comes by it honestly, like. <laughs> but we all start somewhere, we, we start at that place where sometimes we don't, we don't really know the words to say, we don't really know how to put things together, we're trying to learn and trying to figure things out and trying to grow in this part of uh, life as a follower of Jesus that really is an important thing and, and so that happens and, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that many of you have progressed past that point, at least, and are, and are growing in the kinds of prayers that you uh, offer to God, the kinds of ways that you interact with Him. But, but uh, a couple of weeks ago when Jim started this series, one of the things that he said was, um, on the first, the first week of the series, he said, hi, I'm Jim and I'm a prayer wimp. Do you remember that? Um, and there's a part of that that i really i i identify with it and and i want to go a little bit into that tonight because i think that i think that a lot of us can identify with with that idea i think a lot of us can feel like that area of life our our life of prayer is sometimes a place where we we can feel a little bit inadequate or where we can feel a little bit like uncertain or where we can feel a little uh, just like we don't really know how to do it and what to do. Um, I know that for me, one of the things that I struggle with, and, and I think many of us struggle with, is that that as I progressed in, in my prayer life, as I grew in maturity and wisdom, all, the, all these things, uh, I, I began to develop some routines, and, and while that's good, one of the things that I've recognized takes place in my life is that, that I have a tendency, if I'm not actively fighting against it, I have a tendency to kind of settle into kind of this comfortable routine. And so my prayer life can, can be kind of the same today that it was yesterday, that it was last week. See, I kind of I just go back to these same prayers over and over, and, and it's my default, and, and I think a lot of us have this, where, where we just have these default prayers that, that kind of become how we pray, and, and it's not that it's bad, but it, we just kind of fall into this routine, and so I think you probably have experienced this at one point or another, but the routine I'm talking about are, are just kind of, I have the same handful of things that I wanna pray for, on a pretty regular basis and and they don't really change a lot. Sometimes the details change, but the idea is generally the same and it generally goes something like thanks for thanks for the blessings that you've given me. Thank you for all the ways you take care of me. Would you please keep so and so safe? Would you keep watch over my family? Would you keep things going smoothly? Would you keep things kind of safe and protected and insulated and and help things to go well in my life and in the lives of the people that are close to me? And sometimes there's someone who's sick or or is struggling with a health issue and you can kind of add them in there too. But, but generally speaking, I find myself as my default going back to this place of kind of like, Safety and comfort and goodness and, and I want things in my life and I want things in the lives of the people that I care about to be fairly free of conflict or chaos or danger and, and, and I want people that are close to me to be healthy and to, to be doing well. And so what I wanna be careful that you don't hear me say is I, I, I'm not saying tonight that those things are not important. But what I what I am saying, and and I'm also not saying, I think that we should stop praying for those things. I think that that's okay. I just think that it's kind of falling short, and that we're kind of missing kind of the bold prayers that I see demonstrated in Scripture, like the kinds of things that I see people in Scripture praying for, the ways that they pray, the 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 things that they ask God to do and the way that God responds to them. Like, I guess if I'm real honest, when I look in the mirror, I kind of feel like I find myself just, again, my natural tendency is to kind of land in this kind of routine comfort zone in the middle. And what I wanna say tonight is I think that there's a deeper, more significant place that we can go like I think that God has in mind for us to go when it comes to how we interact with Him, how we pray, how we present our requests to Him. I think that there's a, a deeper place, and, and I recognize as I try to look at my life honestly, I recognize that there often is a gap between kind of where I normally kind of reside, and this place that I, that I read about in scripture. And so tonight, um, the things that I wanna point out are, are some things that I really believe are drivers that can take us from here further this direction. Drivers that can help move us closer to a place of boldness in our prayer life. Regardless of, of where you're at on the spectrum here, I believe that these things, if, if we are to put some of these things into practice and go after these things um, that I want to share tonight, I think it can close this gap and move us closer to the place that God wants to be in our lives and in our prayers specifically. I want to go back to Acts chapter four. Um, and, and this is a, this is something that Jim, again, in the first week that he, that he started this series, he, he went fairly in depth into this passage from the book of Acts. but. I think it's, I think it's a, a good place to go again uh, tonight. Um, so just a, a quick recap of what's taken place. This is early in the, in the life of the church. There have been many, many people who have responded to the gospel who have become followers of Jesus. Um, the church is growing and spreading. Uh, Christians are, are sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus um, with their community, and many people are coming to faith. And and two of the church leaders specifically, Peter and John in this passage, um, kind of early in, in four and in chapter three a little bit, uh, these two guys are, uh, they find themselves in prison as a result of their preaching about their gospel. the gospel. The social, political, religious leaders have um, come after these two, and and really said like w- you you've got to stop. We we are trying to to keep you from spreading the name of Jesus, and we're gonna throw you in prison. So they're in prison for a little bit. Um, by the time we get to this point in, in Acts chapter four, Peter and John have been released from prison, but they've been given some pretty clear warnings and threats from from uh, again the, the the political social leaders to to say. You've got to stop. We're we're not gonna to tolerate you speaking about Jesus anymore. Um, we're gonna to toss you back in prison if if you continue to do this. So we're gonna let you go, but you've got to stop. No more of this Jesus stuff. No more um, teaching and spreading his his name and all of that. So. The believers come together after Peter and John have been released from prison, and they pray this, this prayer together. This is kind of the last part of their prayer. They start their prayer with praising God and thanking God for the good things that he's done. And then this is kind of where they get to the place where they're going to ask God for some specific things. And so this is the prayer that these early believers pray together after all of this, this stuff has transpired. They say, and now, Lord, look upon their threats, so the threats of the, the government leaders, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. To grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, and stretch out your hand to heal, do signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you feel when you think about these things, but, but uh, going after transparency, trying, trying to think about myself in as honest way as I can, I'm not sure if this is the kind of prayer that I would be praying in this situation. I mean, the reality is that I feel like, based on on where I know my prayer life kind of resides most of the time, you know, that, that kind of comfort zone place, I feel like the prayer that I would be most likely to pray would be like, and now Lord, please break the legs of all of the political leaders so they stop coming after us. (laughs) Or if not that, maybe it would be something like, and now Lord, please put a hedge of protection around this body of believers. I say that, I don't really know what a hedge of protection is, I know sometimes we use that phrase, but it always strikes me as, as an interesting phrase. Put a bubble around us. Keep us safe. Please don't let these guys come after us anymore. Please let us continue to worship and fellowship together and and keep us from harm. I mean, I think that's more the direction that my default would want to go. I would kind of be asking God to stop the threats and stop the danger and stop that stuff. And at the same time to also be like protecting and kind of insulating me and this group of believers. And yet that's just not what I see them praying for. They're almost dismissive of the the threats. They kind of just say like, Lord, like you can look upon those. You can deal with the, the, these threats that are, have been kind of uh, put out there against us. But then they say, but grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. They don't say, they don't say keep, keep us safe. Please don't let these guys come after us and put us back in jail. And the reality is, when I think about that and when I hold it up to, to myself and where I often feel like I'm, I'm living my prayer life, I, I see this gap and I see a difference between where I'd normally kind of reside in this kind of comfort zone, keep me safe, protect the people I care about, place, and this, this bold prayer that says, like, they can come after us. But give us the boldness to keep going. Give us the boldness to speak the name of Jesus without fear and without hesitation. And so tonight, I want to say that that that's the the place I want to be. And that's the place I want us to be as a church. We're going to talk about some of the things I think that it takes to get there. The focus tonight is that we can learn to pray boldly by leaning into God's word. Uh, Like I said earlier, there are five things that I wanna share in blanks that we're gonna fill in, but there are five things that are, I think they're drivers that help move us from here to here. And all of these things are found by, by leaning heavily into the word of God, leaning heavily into the scriptures. And I believe if we start to do that more and more, it can move us to a different place of boldness in the way that we pray. Point number one is this, bold prayers are the result of a close relationship with God. Bold prayers are the result of a close relationship with God. It it is the relationship that makes all the difference. The relationship that makes all the difference. You can read all through scripture about, about people who come before God and ask, for things boldly, and ask him and approach him in a bold kind of way, and it's it is almost every time people who have a close relationship with him. You you rarely read about bold prayers that happen on the part of someone who who just newly meets God, like like often these bold prayers. Even going back to the last couple of weeks, the bold prayer of of Joshua to stop the sun in the sky. This wasn't the first time that Joshua had spoken with the Lord. (laughs) Like like this kind of request comes as a result of a close relationship over time. And that is that's one of the keys that allows us to move to a place of boldness in how we approach God. Um I think sometimes we can almost approach it in a more f- formulaic kind of way. I mean, anybody anywhere can take a couple of quarters and walk up to a vending machine, and if you put the quarters in the right slot, if you hit the right numbers, the thing's gonna pop out that you want. And and I don't think we would, we would ever describe it in such a kind of a crass way as that, but the reality is in the way that we pray, sometimes we, we do that. We, we kind of approach God like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the words that I think I'm supposed to say and ask for the thing that I think I'm supposed to ask for. And if I do it in the right way and with the right timing and if I do it enough times in a row, like God should respond to me, right? Like like I kinda did my part. I I like I've I went through the steps and I went through the formula and then sometimes we're surprised when he doesn't respond to us. But the reality is that boldness comes from a close relationship it's it's hard um it's hard to to approach god with boldness when we don't really know god and so if we're going to move closer to this place one of the things that is going to drive us here is by investing in our relationship on a regular basis and that comes from spending time in the Word of God and spending time in the Scriptures, spending time with Him and spending time trying to listen to Him, um, I, I I love being a dad. So some of the some of the things um, even tonight, as I'm thinking about this stuff, comes through the lens of that and being a parent. And, and um, you know, if if you're a parent, if you've had kids that that your kids often feel like they can approach you with boldness. Like my, kid, I, my kids do, they, they've got a whole list of bold things that they wanna approach me with on a regular basis. Um, some of them are outlandish things that I, I can't really do anything about. Some of them are great things that I want to do because of my relationship with them. When they approach me and ask me for something, because of the relationship that I have with them, I want to respond and I want, I want to give them good things. I was gone for a couple of days last week, and and I came home and um was just at home and I hadn't seen my kids in a couple of days, and and my oldest son came and uh, wanted to just sit with me and watch baseball for a little bit, and so he came and said like, "Can I sit up on the couch with you? Can I can I like lay on your lap?" I said, "Of course, like absolutely, you can. Like I would love that. Like come and hang out with me and and." The reality is, like, that's a bold request. In the context of my relationship with him, though, that's just kind of like a normal thing. Like, but, but really, when you think about it, that's a pretty bold request. If any of you came to me and said, hey, like, I'd love to just sit with you. Like, can I sit on your lap and we could just watch baseball together? Like, we don't have that kind of relationship, guys. Like, and I'm good with that. I, I, I hope you're okay with that as well, but, but my relationship with my kids is different. And it's, it's as a result of that relationship, it's in the context of that relationship that my kids feel the confidence and the freedom and the ability to approach me boldly with things that they wanna ask me. And it's because of my relationship with them that I wanna respond to them. And I really believe that that's true with our relationship with God as well. That, that if we are approaching God, a God that we don't really know, a God that we don't really have a relationship with, but, but we're expecting Him to respond to us because we said the right words in the right order at the right time with the right frequency, I think, I think that we're gonna be frustrated frequently. And so the thing that drives us to the place of boldness is for us to invest in our relationship with Him, is for us to go deeper and deeper in our relationship with Him. The second thing is is that bold prayers are the result of dependence on God. Bold prayers are the result of dependence on God. When you're dependent on someone, it changes the kinds of things you're willing to ask for. Often, often a lot of the examples of bold prayers that we, that we read about through scripture come from the mouths of people who find themselves in situations where there's a desperation, where there's a dependence on God, sometimes for their very survival. I think that one of the things that, that while, it's, while it's a significant blessing for us, It also in some ways I think can be um, kind of a a two-edged sword that we live in the time we live in and we live in the culture that we live in. The the reality is we we are very able to live independent lives living in 2017 in, in the United States of America. Most of us really don't have too much experience living in, in situations where we have to depend on God, where we have to depend on anyone really. We even kind of hold this up as like a cultural value where, where independence and self-reliance is, is often seen as a really positive like thing to achieve. And so, so as, as teenagers are growing, like, like you get a car and that brings all kinds of independence. You move out of your parents' house, that brings more independence, like, and we celebrate that and look forward to those moments. And, and uh, yes, those are good things. Like, I'm, I'm not suggesting your kids should live in your house and never get a driver's license forever and ever. Like, that's a good thing. But the reality is, like, we still continue that same pursuit of independence and self-reliance Often, for the rest of our lives, like like our, our goal f- f- for most of us is like financial independence like we don't want to be rel- relying on anyone else to take care of us like we, we want to be good with our finances so that we can take care of ourselves we, we want um, in, in all things, we really in a, frequently are, are pursuing independence and and while There are pieces of that that are admirable and good. I really believe that in some ways um, we miss out on something. When we find ourselves in situations of, of desperation, where we have no other choice but to be dependent on God. That often can be something that helps move us from this place of kind of comfort zone kinds of things to boldly coming before God and asking Him to intervene and to do something significant. When you read through the scriptures there, whether it's, it's David or uh, some, of the, some of the disciples, whether it's people like Daniel or, or Jonah. like. The, all kinds of characters really throughout all of Scripture, they, they come before God with boldness. And often it's because they're in a place of desperation where there's no other option. There's nothing else to lean on but to lean on God. And I really believe that that's something that, that is important for us to try to pursue, to get to a place where, where we are actually depending on God if you look in the mirror and, and are, are thinking about yourself honestly, like, I, I kind of wonder o- over the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, I, I don't know if I could name too many situations where I really was at a place where I felt like I had to depend on God because I had no other option. Like, I don't, I don't like saying that. That's not where I want to be. I, I, I absolutely want to be in a place of daily dependence on God. But the reality is most of us kind of just find ourselves defaulting to this place of kind of comfort. And if we're real honest, it's, we're really depending on ourselves. And I think that keeps us from moving here, so how do, how do we close that gap in our dependence on God? I, I really believe that dependence um, can be something that comes as a result of, of complete obedience. I think, I think that sometimes, and, and I'm speaking to me as much as to anybody else, I think that sometimes I don't need to depend on God because I find myself not fully being obedient to him like i try to be obedient to him like I, there's a lot of things that i i know that as a follower of jesus i'm asked to do and i and i i genuinely have a desire to to be obedient to god and there's lots of ways that i try to respond and i kind of take a little bit of a step and and get a little bit closer to the edge and but but honestly there's a lot of things that i i think that god calls his followers to that that Jesus asks his followers to do, that if I was to be fully obedient, it it wouldn't be just approaching the edge. It would be like stepping off the edge. And when you step off the edge of obedience, that often is the thing that causes us to get to a a point of dependence. Because when you step off the edge of obedience, a, a realization happens often that I don't have what it takes to actually obey this all the way. Like, I can't do this on my own. I can't really be completely obedient to you, God, without depending on you to provide the things I need to make up the difference. And so what I wanna say with this one is that as we lean into God's word, as we look at God's word and and look at the things that he really is asking us to do, the things that the followers of Jesus are called to, I really believe that as we try to pursue obedience, it moves us to a place of dependence, and that is a place where where we start to come before God with boldness because we don't have any other option. When we come to the end of ourselves, we realize, like, I need you to meet me here because I I don't have what it takes. And in many ways, that's a a really good place for the followers of Jesus to be. Um, The third thing, bold prayers are the result of understanding God's character, understanding God's character. A deeper understanding of God's character helps us to know how to pray boldly. I really think that when we have a better idea of of what God loves and what God hates, what He desires and what He despises, as we learn His will, I think that that we begin to be able to pray more boldly. As we learn what's important to God, it helps us to know how to pray and what to pray for. And it helps us to do that in a bold kind of way. Um, this isn't an an exact thing that has happened in my life, but it's close. One of the things that frustrates me a ton and that like causes things that I don't like in myself to like rise to the surface really quickly, um, some things that it like, it's like a slow boil, like this is like an immediate boil is uh, like terrible drivers, like I hate I hate bad drivers. I hate getting cut off or having people like doing unsafe things, especially like when my kids are in the car. Like there's not many things that just like all of a sudden things in me that that are normally like way down deep inside, like those are the moments that sometimes that comes out. And so so there are times that, that things like uh, getting cut off, my, my natural response. Sometimes, if, if I'm honest, my natural response, if I was to pray boldly in that situation, my natural bold prayer would be something like, oh Lord, like in the name of Jesus, would you please flatten all four of those tires, like right now. In the name of Jesus, would you ruin that person because of what they just did to me? Like that's the things that I that I want to say, and that that comes to the surface often. That's like anger and frustration, and and um, a desire for revenge, even. But the reality is, like, while while that's a bold prayer to ask for God to to ruin someone else's car or or whatever, like that is a bold prayer. It is not um, in alignment with the character of God. And so me praying that bold prayer is not really moving me to this place unless I'm praying boldly in accordance with the character of God that I know. And the way that I know that is by, again, leaning into scripture to learn his character and learn what's important to him and learn what matters to him, learn what he's about and what he's not about. And so if I was to pray a bold prayer in that situation that's more in line with His will, the bold prayer that I I would maybe pray in that situation would be like, in the name of Jesus, would you deal with my heart right now? Because this is not something that I want to have come up. This is not something that I ever want to have come up. Would you be the one that changes me? Would you change and get rid of my anger. Would you, would you give me your patience and your kindness and your understanding? Would you help me to look through your eyes at people that seem unlovely to me in the moment and would you help me to have compassion on them? Like, like that is a bold prayer, but it's, it's in a different way because it, it is in alignment with what I know to be the character of God. And so I believe that we can move from this place of, of kind of, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd almost even say like mediocrity, comfort zone kinds of, of prayer life to a place of boldness. And as we know the character of God, it changes how we approach Him and the kinds of things that we're going to ask Him for. Number four. Bold prayers are the result of knowing God's promises, knowing God's promises. When we know the things that God has promised in his word, we can pray more boldly for the things that he has already promised us that he will do or provide. There's a couple verses that I want to share with you that are up on the screen. The first is from Hebrews 10. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Romans 4 20 and 21 says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. See, there are things in Scripture that God has promised um, for thousands of years. Some Some of the promises of God that we read in Scripture are to specific people in specific moments for specific reasons and and those are not always applicable to us, but there are many things that God promises in scripture that that can be directly impacting us and that are promises that I believe that he makes to us as well as part of his kingdom and as part of um, the body of Christ. And when we know those promises, it changes the way that we pray. Like when we know the things that He's already promised, it can change and move me from this place further to this place of boldness, and and it, it causes me to approach Him in a different way when it's through the lens of the, the things that he's already promised to me. So for example, one of the things that I, I frequently do when I'm in this place is I, like, I'll pray for my kids a lot and and I'll pray for them like in the morning and pray for them before they're going to school and and I, I may say things like, God, would you protect my kids today? Would you please bless them? Would you give them a good day? Would you help them to, to be a good friend and make good choices and, and all of that stuff. And, and so again, that's not bad, like that's a, that, that is a good thing to pray for your kids, but the reality is there's this whole other place of boldness that I think that God wants me to go to that when I know his promises, it changes the way that I can pray. And I can pray in a different kind of way. I can approach God in a different kind of way when I know the promises that he's made to me. And so a different way of approaching through the lens of God's promise would be um, to look at something like like a section in 1 Corinthians that talks about uh, when we face temptation. And so instead of just kind of generally, would you, would you give my kids a good day, help them to to uh have a great day today and all of that like i i could instead move to this place where i'm saying jesus would you with my son today in the moments that he is facing temptation in the moments that that the enemy is trying to pull him aside your word promises us that in the face of temptation you will provide a way out and so today in the life of my son, would you help him to see the way out that you promised to provide? Would you help him to take the way out that you promised to provide? Uh, that's a different kind of prayer because I know the promise of God and I'm using that to, to help me approach God in a different way, but, but in a way that is filled with confidence and boldness because I know he's promised that. And I'm going to remind him of his promise and, and ask him to come through because God has the power to do what he promised. The last thing is that bold prayers are the result of joining the mission. And I think this is really the, the place where the early Christians were at. They, they realized that, that their, lives, <laughs> their lives were about the mission now. That Peter and John, like they were a part of the kingdom. And they were part of the mission of God to move the kingdom forward. And so when they had this moment to pray, they had this situation um, to choose how they were going to respond. They, they had the the choice to respond with, oh Lord, put a bubble around us, please. But it was the the Reminder that they were part of a mission to take the name of Jesus to those who needed to hear it, to spread the gospel and the good news to the world that caused their prayers to be different, to, that caused their prayers to not be a bubble of protection, but that caused them to say, since we are a part of the movement of God. We don't want to pray for protection right now. We don't want to pray for safety right now. We don't want to pray that you bubble us right now. We want to pray that you give us boldness to speak the name of Jesus. And it's because they realized and they understood, like, this is about more than just me and and my comfort here right now. This is about something bigger. This is about the name of Jesus being carried to the nations and and the name of Jesus changing hearts and lives. And and a bubble is not going to help accomplish the mission right now. God enabling us to continue to speak boldly in the face of fear and in the face of opposition because we're a part of something bigger is the thing that is going to be what we need to ask God for, and so they approach the throne of God with confidence and boldness and say, "Give us the words that we need to continue to speak the name of Jesus, because we are part of this mission." And so tonight, I just kind of want to finish with that, and I, and I. I know that I, I have a tendency to just default back to here. And it's not that here is a bad place. It's just that here is not as good as there. I think there's something more that God has in mind for me. I think there's something more that God has in mind for us, for you, for our church. I mean, can, can you imagine even if, if just as a church, th- even just this week. That the, the 80 of us that are sitting in here tonight, like if, if we were to approach every day this week, and and instead of kind of defaulting back to this place here in the middle, if, if we were to say, God, I want you to have your way in me today, and I want you to give me a boldness, I want you to, I want you, God, to give me an opportunity today to point someone to you. I want you to give me an opportunity today in my workplace, in my relationships, that, that you would do something mighty through me, that you would use me as a part of what you're wanting to do here in this community and in your kingdom. God, would you make me part of what you're doing? Would you help me to respond to you today? In a bold kind of way that causes the people around me to look at you with awe. I, I know there's some of you that do that. And and we see God work in significant ways, but but I'm afraid a lot of us just kind of come here. And I don't want to be content with being here. I want us to move to there where we approach the throne of God with confidence and boldness, and we see him respond to us in mighty ways. We see his kingdom move forward, and then we see people that are responding to the name of Jesus. God, would you, would you cause us to go to that place? Would you cause us to move there? Would you cause us to not be content or complacent? I know that that's my tendency, God, and I I need your help to fight against that and to push through that and to push to a different place. God, would you be reminding me of your character? Would you be reminding me of, of the ways that I can deepen my relationship with you? Would you be causing me to to step into obedience so that I can depend on you more? And God, would you be reminding me of the mission that you've called me to be a part of? Would you be reminding us as a church of the things that you've called us to be a part of? And would we be confident and bold in the ways that we are approaching you, God? And would you respond to us? In Jesus' name.